Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to have a conversation around sports betting. Sports betting is not new, obviously, far from it. But it does feel like we're in a new world. In both Canada and the U.S., uh, sports betting has been legalized and is now regulated. And so that's really dramatically changed the landscape. We see the ads on on TV constantly. Sports organizations, which used to want nothing to do with any of this, uh, are partnering with a lot of these uh, platforms as well. And we're seeing some big sports figures in, in a lot of these ads for some of these, these companies. Now, like I say, we've had sports betting, even legalized sports betting in some capacity for some time. We've had parlay betting, right? The sports selects, that, that's been around forever. And there was always that weird hypocrisy in our law that parlay betting was okay, but single event betting was illegal under the criminal code. That's no longer the case. So we've kind of gone from from that one extreme now to the other where this seems like it's becoming ubiquitous. And other countries are further ahead. I mean, you know, the UK has had uh, this for for much longer. You look at the top leagues in English soccer. Uh, You know, most of the teams as their their primary uh, jersey sponsor at some kind of sports betting platform. So this is not for everybody, obviously, but can we objectively say whether this is a good or a bad thing? Is it both? Is it neither? Like, how do we view all of this? Should we be concerned about this? Problem gambling is something, obviously, we want to be concerned about. There's an interesting piece this week in the Globe and Mail looking at all of this, arguing that, as the headline uh, suggests, gambling is strangling the beauty of sports. So what do we do about it? Joining us on the line is the author of the piece, Bruce Kidd, Professor Emeritus of Sports Policy at the University of Toronto, former Canadian Olympian himself. Uh, Bruce, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Uh, so what prompted the, the piece uh, on your part? Well, uh, it was a long fuse. Uh, like many of, uh, of my friends uh, and family, I've become, grow- become incensed by the in-your-face ad, uh, the feeling that watching sports on television now seems like being in a casino uh, with these these endless promotions to bet, with the commentators openly encouraging you to bet, uh, discussing their bets, and uh, and the people involved in the games that I used to love to watch openly encouraging you uh, to bet, including uh, active players uh, and uh, former stars like Wayne Gretzky. And so... Um, it's not an issue that I have have taken on my myself. I'm involved in in other issues, but I felt I had to write that piece. Uh, I become so upset by it, and I think it is so wrong. Um, there's a moral argument; it it wrecks the meaning of sport. But there's also a public policy argument. Uh, these ads effectively groom young people into a habit which has been shown to be very harmful uh, to their their mental health. And and, and thirdly, uh, it troubles me that uh, there's a galloping conflict of interest between uh, the sports industry uh, 
which is now, as you said in your very fine introduction, uh, organizationally uh, linked through ownership to these companies. I mean, I, I am familiar because I've gone to sports policy conferences all over the world uh, that there is tremendous concern in Europe and Australia about the the possibility of um, of match fixing uh, or or fixing smaller bets uh, within games um, constantly, and yet uh, under the Canadian system that was introduced uh, with the legalization. Uh, first at the federal level and then at the provincial territorial level, uh, there seems to be no distance uh, between uh, the people who may be placing a bet and the players and coaches and the referees and the game officials who could have, who could uh, influence the outcome. And that's pretty frightening, too, in terms of just the integrity of the system. So um, I as you you noted, have called for its regulation. I would like to see the ads. I know we're not going to stop gambling on sports, as you point out. It's been around for a long time, and that's been legalized. We're not going to stuff that back in the bottle. But I think, as we have with with, with alcohol and, and tobacco advertising, we can stop or we can uh, regulate the advertising calling us uh, to bet on on uh, the sports that we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an interesting conversation around that because, you know, you're right. I mean, the, the rules around smoking advertising are very different than the ads around alcohol advertising. I mean, smoking advertising is basically banned right across the board. Alcohol can be advertised. There are some limits on that. So, yeah, there are different models. I mean, but as to the bigger point, because when you talk about gambling issues or you talk about match fixing, like it seems like a lot of that's always existed and maybe is even worse in a situation where things are criminalized, where this is happening underground, where criminal organizations are, are operating you know, gambling and, and bookkeeping and that sort of thing. So isn't the, the debate really between do we want it criminalized or do we want it regulated, and, and how do we want it regulated? Well, I think we've got to regulate it, and I look to uh, the tobacco regulations as an example, and I look to what other jurisdictions, as you pointed out, are doing. Uh, in Italy, these ads are now banned entirely. In most parts of Europe, there are restrictions on uh, the ads, uh, particularly uh, uh, the way that they're presented to children, so that in many countries, the ads can't run until 9 or 10 or 11 at night, uh, because so many children, an estimated 10 to 20% of the television audience, watch sports on television. And they're they're, uh, deemed to be particularly vulnerable, uh, the, uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that when, uh, people pick up, that, that, that the best, the, the best time to get, uh, people to get in the habit of betting, uh, is, uh, during their teenage years. And so if that's a public health risk and, uh, and there's evidence, considerable evidence that it is, then you want to, um, minimize, if not prevent that, that grooming. Uh, and then, and then the, the other side of it, the integrity side, it may well be that the leagues are doing the scrutiny, uh, that would, uh, ensure that, 
uh, untoward influences are not happening. But um, there's no evidence of that. And and the research, again, from other jurisdictions, is that there are these... um, these influences uh, all the time, and and certainly that has got to be a much more transparent relationship. I mean, um, the teams that are are presenting these spectacles, in which people are are betting on the outcome, are also involved in uh, profit making from from the betting. I mean, give me a break. That is such a galloping conflict of interest. That has got to be checked. Uh, in in some way. Now, in terms of you know our relationship with sport, and and part of your argument is kind of you know the the about the beauty of sport, and that this you know the idea of betting on sport takes away from that. I mean, obviously, look, I mean, um, you know, the, these are, are professional athletes who earn millions of dollars. Sports organizations are in it to make money. I think even that, at some level, takes away from from the purity of of sport. So why is why is betting on a sporting event? Why, why do you think that takes away from the purity of sport? Well, it it it, it ups the ante uh, in the the you know the 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 argument or the trend towards you know winning and 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 tiny steps within the sport is the be all and the end all of sport. Uh, so it's not just winning at all costs. It's making sure that, um, you know, the outcome of the first period or, uh, the first decision of a referee on the ice or on a field, uh, is done in a way that enhances an outcome. And so it, it, it distorts, uh, in a, in a, a really weird way, uh, what the purpose of sport is about. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm starting to look for a term to distinguish this kind of sport from 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 the other sport, and I, for the moment, my draft term is casino casino sport. Um, it's no longer sport in the way we understood it, uh, and we enjoyed it for its beauty, uh, for its educational value, uh, for the great dramas of a place and personality it gives. Uh, it's become casino sport, where the drama is the outcome related to uh, a, a wagered uh, goal. Um, I don't think there's. I don't think there's public value in casino sport. We ha- we have privileged uh, professional sport in North America and in Canada in so many ways for so long. In Western Canada, where your broadcast goes, uh, uh, governments have given public money to sports corporations, uh, either to to construct their their facilities, their 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 performance facilities or to subsidize it in, in other ways. As it, it moves into casino sport, I don't think that you can defend uh, public investment, public subsidy of, of that kind of activity anymore because it's no longer in the public interest. Well, as mentioned, your piece, it's in the Globe and Mail, theglobeandmail.com. Uh, folks want to read more. Uh, Professor Kidd, appreciate you making some time for us here today. Thanks for this. Okay, thanks, Rob. All the best. Bye. Uh, that's uh, Bruce Kidd, uh, Professor Emeritus of Sports Policy at the University of Toronto, former Canadian Olympian, uh, with some uh, strong views on sports betting, which has become a little more ubiquitous in terms of what we see. It's always been there. Uh, it's, it's now been brought above board. It's regulated, which I think makes way more sense.
than what we had before, where it's underground and offshore. Legalize it, and those who wish to partake can partake. Those who don't, don't. If you want to watch a hockey game for the purity of the game, and that's your enjoyment, that's your experience, fair enough. If you've got a hunch that you know, New Jersey's going to beat the Islanders, and you can make a little money off that, and uh, you, you have an additional reason to watch, to be interested, to cheer, then so be it. I mean, it can get out of hand for people, no doubt. That's always been the case. And there have been match-fixing scandals uh, in sports in the past. There have been some big ones in the U.S. where sports betting has largely been criminalized with you know, the exceptions of, of Las Vegas and, and Atlantic City. I think you're going to have that either way. Maybe it's, it's a worse problem if you've got organized crime involved. Better, I think, to keep it above board and to regulate it and, and to respect the, the wishes of the rights of the consenting adults who wish to partake. If you think it takes away from sport, I guess that's your judgment call and you're not obligated to participate. Is it a public problem? Is it something we should be concerned about? Is it a bad thing, as our guest argues? Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.